Learning Torah is an integral part of Jewish life. And the first part of Torah that, that a Jew learns, especially Jewish children, is the actual Chumash, the five books of Moses. When learning the five books of Moses, learning the Torah, it is important to learn together with the interpretation of Rashi. Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, the great Jewish sage, will author the most authoritative interpretation on the entire Torah. He is the guide for every single Jew in how to learn the Torah in explaining the simple meaning of the verses in the Torah. However, beyond the simple meaning, the Rebbe illustrates how Rashi is so precise and so exact that if you pay attention to every word and to every nuance in his explanation, you will discover amazing insight in Jewish life. In Parshas Bishalach, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 32, the Torah is telling us about the story of the manna, the heavenly bread that came down from heaven every day, every weekday, to the Jewish people for the 40 years that they were in the desert until they reached the promised land, until they reached the land of Israel. And the Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, instructed his brother Aaron to take a jug, fill it up with the manna, with this heavenly bread, and to place that jug next to the Aron HaKodesh, the holy ark, which was in the holy of holies, in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, that it should remain there for many generations. And indeed, this jug uh, stayed with the Jewish people as they came into the land of Israel. And when they built the holy temple and King Solomon uh, brought the, the, the holy ark into the holy of holies, that jug of manna remained there as well. Why is it necessary to have that jug of manna? So that future generations will learn from that manna. And Rashi in that verse says the following. In the days of Yirmiyahu, in the days of Jeremiah the prophet, over 800 years after the Jewish people entered the land of Israel, when Jeremiah was rebuking the people and demanding of them, why is it that you are not involved in Torah study as you should? They responded to him, if we will leave our jobs, if we will leave the fields and we will be involved in Torah, who's going to pay the bills? How are we going to feed ourselves and our families? In response, Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, took out this jug of manna from the Holy of Holies and he presented it to the people and he said, Look here, God Almighty is the one that provides for everyone. For 40 years, God provided the Israelites in the desert when they had no jobs and they had no fields and he provided food for them. Of course, if you will commit yourselves to learning Torah properly, if you are going to be immersed in serving God properly, he will take care of you. It would seem from here that Rashi is of the opinion that the most proper way to live as a Jew is by excluding ourselves from the natural world and involving ourselves entirely with Torah study and with prayer, and that is the proper way to live Jewishly. But let's fast forward to Parshas Mishpatim. In Parshas Mishpatim, in Exodus, Chapter 22, verse 24, the Torah introduces the mitzvah to give a loan to a fellow Jew. And the Torah says, Im kesef talve es ami. And if you would translate these words literally, it goes the following. If you will give a loan to my nation. If you will give a loan to a fellow Jew. The word im 
literally is translated as, typically is translated as if. It would seem from here that giving a loan is an option and not an obligation. Rashi on that verse states the following. When, Rabbi Yishmael said, whenever the Torah employs the term im, you translate it as if, and that implies that what follows is optional, is not an obligation. However, there are three cases where that is not the case. In three areas of the Torah, where the Torah uses the word im to introduce a mitzvah, it does not mean if, it means when. The mitzvah that is being explained is in fact an obligation and not an option. One of those three is our mitzvah here in Parshas Mishpatim, the obligation to give a loan. When you are reading the verse, im kesef talves ami, the proper way to translate it is when you will give a loan to a fellow Jew. It is an obligation to give a loan to a fellow Jew who is in need of it. At first glance, it seems that this Rashi is very simple. It's telling us how to translate the word properly. However, one who is familiar with Rashi's teachings will notice that although all of his teachings, almost all of his teachings, are directly sourced from the Talmud and the Medrash, and when these teachings are presented and recorded in the Talmud and Medrash, they are quoted in the name of the original Talmudic sage that taught them, Rashi typically does not quote the original Talmudic sage because it is not relevant for the Torah student who is being introduced to the Torah for the first time to know the details of where exactly these teachings came from, which Talmudic sage was the one to teach it so many years ago. The Rebbe points out that when Rashi chooses to quote the original Talmudic sage, that means that there is something profound to be discovered when we know that this specific Talmudic sage was the one to give over this teaching. Rabbi Yishmol is recorded in the Talmud having a debate with another great Talmudic sage, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And they were discussing what is the proper way for a Jew to live. Rabbi Yishmol said, in the second paragraph of the Shema, there is a statement, and you will gather in your crops, you will gather your wheat, which implies that Jews inevitably will be involved in agriculture. However, in the book of Joshua, there is a statement, there is a verse that says the following, the words of Torah shall never cease from your lips. And seemingly this is uh, impossible to, uh, to do. If a person is involved in farm work, it's inevitable that they are not going to be involved in Torah study all the time. And therefore, Rabbi Ishmael says, that verse cannot be taken literally. Instead, the way one should live life is that they should have a job, a career, work in the fields, and make money to provide for themselves and their families, do not depend on miracles, live life naturally. And uh, obviously, one must set aside set times for Torah study, for prayer, and for doing mitzvot. Rashima Bayechai argued and said, if a person is going to be involved in farm work, what will happen with Torah? It will be impossible for him to learn the entire Torah, to remember the entire Torah, and to teach it to his children. So what do you do with the second paragraph of the Shema, which discusses the fact that Jewish people will be involved in agriculture? 
Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yichai says like this, When the Jewish people are fulfilling God's will properly, God will take care of them like he took care of them in the desert. He will give them manna from heaven. He will take care of their needs. He will make sure that their bills are paid. However, when the Jewish people do not have that absolute commitment to God Almighty, they are not fulfilling God's will as they should, then there is a necessity for them to be involved in the natural world to make a living and to pay the bills naturally. So now we go back to the mitzvah of giving a loan. The Torah is telling us that when a person is in need of a loan, it is an obligation for a fellow Jew to give that loan. Here comes the question. If a Jew is meant to live life like the Jews in the desert who received the manna, which this is implied from a previous Rashi, in Parashat Beshalach, as we mentioned earlier, Rashi told us that Aaron was commanded to take the jug of manna, place it in the holy, near the holy ark, and generations later, Jeremiah presented that to the Jewish people and demanded of them that they should live life as if they were in the desert and depend on God to take care of them miraculously. If Jewish people are meant to behave in this way, why does the Torah tell us that there is an obligation to give loans? The fact that the Torah is saying it, the, the expression, or the fact that the Torah is telling us that one is obligated to give a loan, this implies that this is how the world works according to the Torah, that it's inevitable that Jewish people will need loans, and therefore their brothers and sisters should help out and give them a loan. Therefore, Rashi tells us that it was Rabbi Yishmol who teaches that the mitzvah of giving a loan, as it is expressed in this parsha, is an obligation. Because Rabbi Yishmol is of the philosophy that one must live life naturally. One must be involved in the natural world. And when one is involved in the natural world, it's inevitable that they will be challenged, and it's inevitable that they will make mistakes. And since our material reality, our financial reality, is a reflection of our spiritual reality, so when one falls on hard spiritual times as a result of his being involved in the natural world, so it's inevitable they will fall upon hard financial times. And therefore, in the world, as the Torah advocates for it, it's inevitable that a Jew will need a loan, and therefore it is an obligation for their fellow Jews to provide that loan. The point that Rashi is making is the following. Whereas several weeks ago, while learning the, the parsha of Bishalach, one may come to the conclusion that one must live like a desert Jew, like the Jews who were in the desert for 40 years, eating from the manna, depending solely on God to take care of them in a supernatural way, Rashi clarifies that in truth, really a Jew must live life the way Rabbi Ishmael advocates for it, that one must live life not depending on miracles. The fact that Jeremiah presented the jug of manna to the Jewish people in his generation, it was something very unique for that generation. However, typically, we must live life like Rabbi Ishmael. So then one may ask, so if so, why, what, what is, um, what's the point of the manna being there the entire time? And the answer is because although one must live life naturally, one must always remember that the truth of the matter is that everything that we have, our natural success is really not natural. Our success is only a blessing from God. Even when someone has a business, when someone goes to work and makes money and is successful, 
one must realize that that success is truly a blessing from God, just like when the manna fell from heaven for 40 years. It was impossible to deny the fact that that was a blessing from God, that this was sustenance coming directly from God. It is important for us that while we are working within this natural world, to always be aware that in truth, our sustenance, everything we have comes directly from God Almighty. Thank you for listening.